good, super friends. It's your deal, Pepe, representing the West Side, Sundan Park, 575. Here to tell you about our Patreon. Let's go, cruising down the I-10, podcast be bumping, TSC on the mic, the homeboys be nothing, knowledge bombs be dropping like with Stephen Hawking, and the laughs keep coming like with Jimmy Fallon, but you wanna be a homie, VIP, MVP, take the first toke, but it's only $2 so you don't choke, episodes be at free, a week early, gluten free, and of course, no MSGs, hook you up each show with the weekly shout out, send you stickers to Flex in the Walmart checkout. Patreon.com slash technically a conversation. Cheaper than cigarettes at the gasoline station. Patreon.com slash technically a conversation. Link in the show notes. Thank you for your donation. In the fall of September 1982, a string of unsolved murders were occurring in Chicago. Seven healthy people ranging in ages 12 to 35 would fall to their death as a result of taking Tylenol. And it is still unsolved to this day. What was killing these people at such a rapid rate? How did Chicago respond to these murders to get them under control? And what law was passed as a result of these murders? Tune in and find out on this episode of Technically a Conversation. You're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one third of your hosts, Elena, and I'm joined as always by my achy breaky brother, Jose. And how are we doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Fantastic. I didn't realize I was achy breaky. Is that because I'm old <laughs> and everything hurts now? Achy breaky heart. Well, well you'll, you'll see right now why... I said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we just finished celebrating the new year, Jose. And by we just finished, I mean future us because we are recording a couple of weeks early. Except for our Patreons, they're going to get this episode before the new year's. Oh, that's right. Happy new year. <laughs> Happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> Any new year's resolutions you have planned for the upcoming year or you don't do that? I do not do that. Is there a reason why? No, and it's funny because that's the same thing that I was going to ask you for my, my episode as well. <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> no, there's not really a reason why. It's just I feel like if there's something that I need to change, I try and change it when I become aware that a change needs to be made. I don't think it makes it better or that I'm more successful at maintaining a change if I wait for the new year. Right. True that. What about you? I usually do the Whole30 and the dry January, which kind of go hand in hand anyway, because you're not supposed to drink on Whole30 anyway. And for those of you who don't know what Whole30 is, it's basically giving up any processed foods and sugars and just eating whole and natural foods, such as meat, chicken, fish, pork, fruits and vegetables with no additives, preservatives or GMOs. There's also no grains, legumes or dairy. It's not as hard as it seems, and I believe this is already like my fourth year doing it. I actually do something that's kind of similar. It's called Unwhole 30, and all <laughs> I eat is processed food, and I drink every day during January. That's uh, 
that's just a lifestyle. I don't think it's just your, I don't think it's just 30 days. <laughs> yeah, that's just a regular day for me. Well, that's why it's whole 30, because it's 30 days of you doing this diet, if you will. It's really meant to be like an elimination diet to see what foods aggravate you. So then after the 30 days, you start to introduce those food groups back to see which ones are the ones that are causing you issues. And I have gut issues all the time. So I wish that I would stand behind just doing that always, but it can get kind of pricey. Yeah. Usually good food is really expensive, which is why people that are poor are usually overweight because processed food and fast food is usually cheaper. It's cheaper. Yeah, for sure. And a lot faster to make. The thing that sucks is I have to be cooking constantly because it's there's not like a microwavable meal that I can that I can use, you know. So anyway, Adan likes it because I try out new recipes. I get creative just so that I don't get bored. I'll continue eating my processed food and diet 50. <laughs> diet 365. <laughs> well, if you super friends are interested in my journey, you can follow along on my IG and I'll link the Whole30 website in the show notes. Show notes. Just in case you're curious. Hey, so uh, I'm going to talk about it. You probably don't want me to, but uh, we got a troll. <laughs> so that must mean we're doing something right, right? Oh, I was like, we got a troll. I had forgotten all about that <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm not going to name any names. Plus, I, I, don't re I don't even remember what his name is anyway. But we got called out for using too many cuss words in our episodes. And basically calling us morons because we can't express ourselves without them and that we should consider a new line of work. This person claims that as an older adult, he's offended by them and he would have his mouth washed out with soap if he would have ever talked like that as a kid. Luckily, we are not kids and we can talk however the fuck we want. <laughs> well, he wasn't wrong about me. I'm not smart enough to express myself using more intelligent language, so... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Not the class. Uh, Jose, are you ready to jump in to what I'm going to talk about today? I've got my parachute ready. Awesome. Do you suffer from pain? And by pain, I mean physical, not emotional. <laughs> Well, yeah, the, the bulk of my pain is emotional, I feel, but uh, I do have a bad back, bad knees and gout. So I feel like I'm always in some kind of pain. Okay. When something hurts, do you usually reach for some pain medication? I did used to take ibuprofen specifically because I can't take aspirin or Tylenol due to the gout. But then I found out that um, ibuprofen has a lot of estrogen and it fucks with your emotions. So I... Um, Try not to take ibuprofen unless I'm really, really hurting. Oh, I didn't know that, that it has a lot of estrogen. Well, I found out about it listening to a podcast. I forgot the name of the actor, but he was he's the actor that plays Reacher now on the Amazon TV show. Mm -hmm. uh, he was also Aquaman in, um, in Smallville, and he also played uh, Hawk in Titans. But uh, he was saying that he was having like all these mood swings and everything, and... I forgot what he's injured. I think he has like an injured back or something like that. 
and the doctors just kept on prescribing him more and more ibuprofen to where he was taking like a ridiculous amount. And um, I, I think he said he was bipolar and that was like aggravating the bipolar issue. It wasn't until he went to another doctor and he said, hey, you know what, with, with this amount of ibuprofen that you're taking, you should be taking hormone replacement as well because it's increasing your estrogen and that's causing you to... Um, Grow boobs. No, just kidding. <laughs> that's possible too. But it was saying that it was causing him to like have like more mood swings and everything than he would have otherwise. He says, you're going to have to balance it out with the testosterone, like to balance out all the estrogen. And I was like, oh shit. Like there were times where I'd be taking like four or five ibuprofen one day. That's crazy. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, maybe I should just kick back on that and only take it when I'm really, really in pain. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay, well, we learned something new today, folks. <laughs> I'm also not a medical doctor, so please do not take me for any medical advice. This is just something that I heard on a podcast. And I was like, well, I already suffer from a lot of anxiety, so I'm sure that I might be aggravating that. So I'd rather not if I can avoid it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you you kind of answered my third question, which was what, what your most trusted painkiller or brand is. But, pretty much said ibuprofen. That's pretty much the only one I can take because of the gout, because everything else will aggravate the gout. Yeah. Well, as you know, I suffer from migraines and I've been having this migraine since last Wednesday. So it's officially been now over a week. <laughs> <laughs> so short of taking narcotics, I've pretty much taken every painkiller prescribed to me along with over-the-counter medications which, you know, seem to help a little bit, but nothing is actually making it go away. I've even tried like homeopathic remedies, but nothing is, is really helping. So this kind of inspired the story that I'm going to tell you about today. And guess what? To this day, it's still unsolved. This is a story about the Chicago Tylenol murders of 1982. Oh, I love this story. <laughs> you love this story? <laughs> well, oh, I don't love the story, but <laughs> it is a story that I'm familiar with. And um, I mean, yeah, it sucks for all the people that died, but uh, it's a great story. Yeah, it is. Well, and all that's interesting article by Katie Serena, this source and all sources in our show notes. Show notes. Show notes. <laughs> describes <laughs> that this incident left seven people dead, ranging from ages 12 to 35 which occurred on September 29th, 1982 through October 1st, 1982. Our first victim was 12-year-old Mary Kellerman of Chicago, who died after she took an extra-strength Tylenol that was laced with something. This was the start of a wave of unexplained deaths in Chicago that is known as the Tylenol murders. These murders would continue till October 1st of 1982. The only thing linking all these murders together was the popular over-the-counter medication Tylenol right before falling ill. An investigation soon revealed that the victim's Tylenol had all been laced with something, but it's never been solved as to how it got there and who did it. Jose, do you know what the pills were laced with? Would you like to take a guess? I'll take a gander, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not sure. I want to say it was either uh, like cyanide or um, what's that other one? The one that they make from the apple seeds um, it starts with an A. 
or maybe it starts with an N. I don't remember, but there's one that they make with apple seeds that's a poison. It might be cyanide also, because I know cyanide is made by pits or seeds. But I don't know. It's probably something else. But you should do a little ding, because you got the answer correct. Oh. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) It was cyanide. According to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, cyanide is rapidly acting and potentially deadly, and it interferes with the body's ability to use oxygen. It can be colorless and sometimes odorless. Cyanide is released from natural substances in some foods and in certain plants, including pits and seeds of some common fruits. In manufacturing, it can be used to make paper, textiles, and plastics. Signs and symptoms of cyanide poisoning include chest pain, chest tightness, confusion, dizziness, eye pain, eye tearing. That sounds horrible. Yeah, that sounds awful. (laughs) Excitement, difficulty breathing, headache, uh (laughs) uh-oh, nausea, rapid or slow heartbeat, rapid or slow breathing, restlessness, shortness of breath, vomiting, weakness, and wheezing. Symptoms can progress very quickly and ingesting it may lead to coma, death, high or low blood pressure, loss of consciousness, lung injury, and or seizures. If exposed, make sure to get away from it quickly, off of your body, and get help. Call 911, go to the hospital if local officials say it is safe to do so, or call the Poison Control Center at 1-800-222-1222. I think this would be a good time to take a pause for a quick ad break. And when we get back, I will tell you about the victims and the one person they thought might be responsible. Oh, and it was arsenic was the other thing that I was thinking. Arsenic. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. Let's go to commercial break. All right. Hi, this is Dakota, host of ContraZoom Pod, where we go back and forth about film. I am obsessed with movies. I could talk about them all day. And if you're like me, then you'll love my podcast. Every week we take a new topic, whether it's ranking a director's filmography, covering major film festivals, or getting way into Oscar season. While every week is different, we do have some recurring topics, like our Make Remake series looking at an original film and its remake, or our very popular A History Of program, taking an in-depth look, looking at some of the biggest companies involved in film, including Criterion, A24, and Neon. It isn't all super serious topics, though, as we always need to play catch-up with all the hottest Marvel Cinematic Universe news and general pop culture goings-on. There's something for every kind of movie lover, whether you want reviews, interviews, or in-depth conversations. ContraZoom Pod is found on all podcatcher apps, and visit ContraZoomPod.com for even more information. If you like all things spooky, then check out A Spooky Tales, hosted by us, Christina, and MJ, where we talk about all things spooky, paranormal stories, haunted places, myths, and legends. Listen to guests tell us their scary stories. And I hear them call me by by my name. So I run into the kitchen to check and there's nobody there. And I start to like hear like my closet door start to open. Oh, hell no. Like, oh, my God. Inside. oh, hell no. All of a sudden, for no reason, I woke up in the middle of the night. Like my eyes just snapped open. And it's that strange feeling that you have when something wakes you up. 
you and you don't know what has woken you up until you either see what it was or you hear whatever it was. There are new episodes every Friday. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts, as well as at SpookyTales.com. We're back. We're back. Jose, did you take any painkillers during our break? I did. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What'd you take? Ibuprofen? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I didn't take anything. <laughs> <laughs> did your estrogen levels rise? <laughs> um, I think so. I think that's probably why I'm so emotional and I cry a lot. Oh. From <laughs> all the ibuprofen. Emotional pain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going back to the story. On September 29th, 1982, 12-year-old Mary Kellerman woke up around 6.15 in the morning not feeling well. She took one capsule of extra-strength Tylenol that was kept in the bathroom to soothe her sore throat. Her father recalls, quote, I heard her go into the bathroom. I heard the door close. Then I heard something drop. I opened the bathroom door, and my little girl was on the floor unconscious. She was still in her pajamas, end quote, he told the Chicago Tribune. Mary was rushed to the hospital, but unfortunately, she died just four hours later. An hour after Mary's death, a 27-year-old postal worker named Adam Janus, or Janus, I'm not really sure how you pronounce it, um, he stopped at the grocery store to buy some flowers for his lovely wife. No, I don't know if she's lovely, but I'm just assuming that she is because... He made an effort to buy her flowers <laughs> <laughs> and a bottle of Tylenol. When he got home, he took two capsules and almost instantly collapsed. He was rushed to the hospital by his lovely wife, I assume, to no avail and was pronounced dead right after 3 p.m. The Janice's misfortunes did not stop there. Loved ones came over to comfort the lovely Miss Janice, but Stanley... Adam's brother felt a headache coming on and took Tylenol from the same bottle that was purchased earlier that day and offered it to his wife, 20-year-old Terry, of just three months. Stanley immediately stated, quote, My God, I feel bad. He fell to the floor and the paramedics were called. As they worked on poor Stanley, his wife Terry collapsed. Emergency officials figured that she had fainted from all the stress of that day, but in fact, they would soon realize that she too was stricken with the same mysterious ailment that killed her husband and her brother-in-law. Across town, Mary Lynn Reiner, a 27-year-old new mom, had just given birth to a boy six days prior. She was not feeling well and decided to take a Tylenol right before feeding her baby. She fell to the floor of the kitchen and began seizing. Near the outskirts of Chicago at about 6.45 p.m., a 31-year-old single mother was at work in the break room at a mall when she too decided to take two Tylenols to help her with some pain she was feeling. About 10 minutes later, her co-worker Diana Hildebrand commented to the Chicago Tribune that Mary McFarland said the following, quote, I don't feel good, and then collapsed. 
Later on that night, around 9.16 p.m., a 35-year-old flight attendant named Paula Prince bought a bottle of extra-strength Tylenol from Walgreens on her way back home from the Chicago O'Hare International Airport. Before bed, she decided to take Tylenol. Her sister found her dead in her condo a couple of days later. Stanley Janis passed away on the night of September 29th. His wife, Terry, was removed from life support on October 1st. Reiner and McFarlane were pronounced dead on September 30th. In a matter of hours, five bottles of Tylenol had taken the lives of seven healthy people. But how did this happen? Jose, before I continue, do you have any idea what could have caused this terrible tragedy? Um, what I remember hearing, and it's been a long time since I've heard this story, is that somebody went into, I think it was like one or two different pharmacies. And then they, um, it was those pills where you can like open them up and he took them out and then replaced them with arsenic and then put them back. But um, again, it's been a while since I've heard that story. So I don't remember if that's exactly how he did it. We'll see. <laughs> After this commercial break. No, not another one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, unless you have another ad you want to play. <laughs> no. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> a nurse by the name of Helen Jensen was the first to make the correlation between the deaths and the Tylenol. She told law enforcement and the medical examiner's office about her hunch, but surprise, surprise, no one believed this woman. Thanks to the patriarchy. Right. <laughs> As officials continued to investigate, they came to the realization that, surprise, surprise, this woman, Nurse Jensen, was right. On the morning of September 30th, I andaban como locos driving through the streets of Chicago with the bullhorn, ordering people to throw away their Tylenol. They tried to spread the word as quickly as possible. They even had public health workers go door to door with flyers and stores began pulling the product from their shelves. <laughs> <laughs> so they knew the Tylenol was the culprit, but they still didn't know why. Before they could even get the test results back from the lab, a Dr. Thomas Kim theorized that cyanide had to have been what the Tylenol had been tainted with. He suggested that nothing else would have murdered these victims so quickly. Johnson & Johnson set a precedent with this catastrophe and issued the first ever mass recall in U.S. history. In the end, it was discovered that it was indeed not a disgruntled Johnson & Johnson worker and the cyanide lacing was not done in any of their manufacturing facilities because some of the contaminated bottles had come from different suppliers. So then who did it? Police theorized that the murderer purchased the bottles of Tylenol, laced them in the comfort of his or her home, and then went back to return these laced bottles back to the store where he or she had purchased them. This highly publicized story never resulted in finding the person or persons responsible. But they did have one suspect, who remains the primary suspect after all these decades, James Williams Lewis. The Zodiac. Well, he has too many S's, James Williams Lewis. <laughs> Shortly after the Tylenol murders, this guy Lewis sent a letter to Johnson & Johnson demanding $1 million in order to stop the poisonings. He was convicted of extortion and sentenced to 20 years in prison 
for trying to be all cute and shit. However, there was no physical evidence that tied him to the murders and he denied any involvement. He just thought he was clever and that he would make an easy one million dollars. Todo pendejo. That's awful, though. Uh, all those people that died because of that, that stupid guy. I had always thought that they did catch the person that did it. No, they haven't. To this day, they don't know who the heck did it. So, do you want to know what good came out of all of this? Yes. They put that tamper-resistant, like that little foil thing on the bottles, so that, that way you know if somebody had tampered with it. Exactly. Since it was the 80s, medicine bottles did not have tamper-resistant packaging. Can you believe that? <laughs> I can, actually, because I remember the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> so Tylenol started manufacturing and packaging their Tylenol with a tamper-evident seal. You know, that seal that's super annoying to peel off and you have to grab a knife to stab it open? That one. Yeah, I use my keys <laughs> yeah. to stab it open. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tylenol did another one better. They stopped marketing and making their capsules and started making those chalky, hard-to-swallow pills, which would be even harder to temper with. So that way they couldn't open up the little capsules. Yeah. I remember those little capsules. But they still have them. I haven't seen them in a long time. I've seen the ones that look like capsules, but they're not the actual capsules where you can like take them apart and like pour the, the medicine out. I haven't tried... I haven't bought those in a while because they are harder to find. I'm going to check it out next time. But I know that they still have them or they still sell them or at least they look like them. Yeah, because the sleeping pills that I take, they look like capsules, but they're just in the shape of a capsule. You can't actually take them apart. No. No, but I remember before as a kid being a mischievous kid who had nothing to do. Sometimes I would open them up and just like pour out the little powder that was inside just because, again, I had nothing better to do. <laughs> it was either mess around with medicine or eat or something because I was bored. <laughs> or eat medicine. No, just kidding. <laughs> or eat the medicine. Yeah. <laughs> Congress passed a law making tampering illegal and named it the Tylenol Bill, making it a federal offense if you were caught. And sadly, no one was in the situation, but... This actually resulted in one individual being sentenced to 90 years in prison for copycatting this crime. And guess what? He's still in jail. She was a woman. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> she was a woman. Stella Madon Nichols, the name, and poisoning's her game. <laughs> She's an American woman who poisoned her husband, Bruce Nichol, by lacing some Excedrin capsules with cyanide. She's also responsible for killing a woman named Sue Snow, but it was not clear why or if she was even targeted by Stella. According to Wikipedia, Stella got her groove back when she got bored of her husband who had just stopped drinking and laced his Excedrin with cyanide when a previous attempt at killing him didn't work. Circumstantial evidence showed that she took out two life insurance policies on the late Bruce Nichol with forged signatures, and she owned two of the five bottles that were found laced with cyanide. After she failed a polygraph and they were able to link her to a bunch of evidence, she was convicted and sentenced to 90 years in prison and is eligible for release in 2040. <laughs> Shit. 
With credit given for good behavior, she'll be 96 years old. Damn, she won't be poisoning nobody at that age. Oh, well, we hope not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that you mentioned the copycats. Because one thing that I, it's it's not really related to this, but one thing that, um, it's not really funny, but it's interesting. I don't know if you remember as a kid, they used to make a big deal about, oh, este, when you go out for, for Halloween, make sure that you get your candy inspected. So that, that way they're not laced with drugs or people don't put like razor blades or or like uh, safety pins or something in your candy. Yeah. Well, prior to that, to them making a big deal about that, there had never been a reported case about anybody ever doing that. But as soon as, uh, you know, they started making a big deal about getting your candy checked, I guess it inspired some uh, crazy ass people to start doing that. I know. Yeah, so it was like um, like a self-fulfilling prophecy by uh, making a big deal about it. Yeah, I do remember that. And you know, sometimes I kind of wonder, I don't know, like when I watch a movie and there's some like some crazy ideas out there about like a murder or something like that, I'm like, where do these people come up with this shit? And I'm wondering if somebody got inspired just watching this movie, you know, <laughs> like the Saw movies. Well, maybe yes, that the person that made the Saw movies was inspired by Home Alone, since there's a theory that uh, Macaulay Culkin grew up to be the Saw person, like whatever his name is, Saw or whatever, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> of how heinous. Uh, I mean, especially like in, in Home Alone 2, like pretty much each booby trap and shit that he set up was like a murder, you know? But somehow these people managed not to die. Right. But he gives them a, a choice. If they want to live, they need to learn how to get out of the trap. In Home Alone, he's not giving them a choice. He's just getting them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, he gave them a choice of not burglarizing them. But if you remember in the second one, he lures them into like that murder house or whatever. The murder house? <laughs> it's not American Horror Story. <laughs> <laughs> he lures him into the murder house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But then if he hadn't done all those booby traps, there wouldn't have been a movie. True. <laughs> and it wouldn't have inspired Saw. <laughs> I don't think it inspired Saw, but if you say so. <laughs> all right, well... Although initially people responded by not purchasing any more Tylenol products, Johnson & Johnson quickly turned the incident into rebranding their product and were cheered for their quick action as one of the best responses to a corporate crisis in history. In just a couple of months, Johnson & Johnson recuperated and their stock soared past where it had been before the baffling case of the Tylenol murders. Jose. What did you think? Do you think that you'll think twice about purchasing over-the-counter medication or checking that seal? I would definitely not take it if I see that the seal is tempered. But um, no, I mean, I, I guess for the most part, I do think that it's pretty safe. But the thing that um, I guess that caught my attention the most is because I, I was I was uh, alive when that happened. And I remember them doing that recall. And I remember it being such a huge deal. Like, oh, they're recalling all the Tylenol and all that shit. And now like you hear about recalls constantly. I have a hard time keeping track of what's being recalled. If it's not cookies because they have rocks in them and it's not, it's the granola bars that are infected with salmonella and then it's not the applesauce that has lead in it. Like it's just like crazy shit. Like I can't even keep track of so much shit that's being recalled now. 
I know it's it's kind of scary because you're buying like these groceries under the pretense that it's safe to eat. And it just would really suck to be that one person that, you know, falls ill and dies or whatever because of somebody's negligence mishap. Yeah. Or negligence. Yeah. Like that would totally suck. And I think also people are getting desensitized now. It's like another day, another recall. Another salmonella poisoning. <laughs> the gas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually bought those Quaker oat granola bars that were um, recalled. No way. You had like the lot number? Yeah. Yeah. I checked that. And um, like I had already eaten like half the fucking box. <laughs> oh, no. From when I bought them to when they did the recall, it had already been like maybe like three weeks or something. So yeah, I had already eaten half the box. I bought like the 36 pack or whatever. And I have like one every day. So I was like, fuck it, man. I haven't died yet. So I still meet one every day. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't uh, eaten the lucky one? Yeah. <laughs> if anything, it's made me stronger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I would have thrown that shit away quickly. <laughs> well, I thought about it because I was like, well, I'm going to check. And then I, I checked it and I was like, oh, fuck. Well, I was like, well, this box is like half empty anyway. I was like, I think I would have already have gotten sick. So, eh. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Maybe it just takes one. <laughs> and then I went to Walmart on Sunday and they didn't have any granola bars. Like that section was completely empty. So oh. I was like, well, how am I going to replace them? Mm, no. Well, on that note. Before we note, special <laughs> shout out to our super homie, super friends, Sophia, Natasha, and our newest patron, Eric. Burr, 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 burr. If you would like to help support the show, get the episodes a week early and ad-free, get your name shouted out on the show, just like Sophia, Natasha, and Eric, and get some stickers from us a few times a year, check us out at patreon.com slash technicallyaconversation or check the show notes. Best of all, it's only $2 a month. You can't even buy cigarettes or Tylenol for that. <laughs> Tylenol. <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the show and join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC. Email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have anything to share with us. If you would like to share with us your story of buying cyanide-laced Tylenol in the 80s. <laughs> I hope that didn't happen to you. But if you do have that story, that would be interesting to know. <laughs> Did you hear when they uh, were driving around with the bullhorn saying to throw away the, throw away all your bottles of Tylenol? <laughs> <laughs> but it was only in Chicago, right? Yeah. This is the police. <laughs> it's the police god damn it pay attention <laughs> in just a couple of months johnson and johnson recuperated their stock nope let me do that again <laughs> give some tylenol to its stock and it recuperated yeah well, i'm heavily medicated right now so <laughs> with tylenol not Tylenol. No, no, okay. I took something else. <laughs> <laughs> All right.